This is the EWN Radio Network. This is Turn Knowledge to Profit, where entrepreneurs like you find the insights, experience, and tools they need to earn more, make a bigger impact in the world, and create the freedom to live a life others only dream of. Now, here are your hosts for Turn Knowledge to Profit, entrepreneurs, speakers, and authors, Janelle and Michael McCauley. Welcome to today's show, and thank you for joining us on Turn Knowledge to Profit. I'm Janelle McCauley, and along with my co-host, Michael, who is also my husband and business partner, we bring you insights, ideas, and tools that you need to earn more, make a bigger impact, and create the life that others only dream of. On last week's show, we talked with Elizabeth Case about the importance of keeping your online profiles up to date. We also talked with Dina Patton, who gave us a look into how she is using products to expand her successful coaching business. And lastly, in our Business Builder segment, we gave you some secrets for effectively selling from the stage. Michael, what do we have on today's show? Well, first up, in Trends and Insights, Janelle will be talking with Kristen Slice about the growing trend of collaboration and community. Next, in the Success Interview, We'll talk with Becky Spahn about how she continues to expand her successful coaching business, Confidence Concepts. And in our Business Builder segment, I'll be back to talk about how you can create a killer stage introduction and why that introduction is so important. You're going to want to take notes, so grab a pen and paper and let's get started. First up, it's Trends and Insights, your insider's look at industry trends being leveraged by today's most successful coaches, speakers, and authors. Today, we're talking with Kristen Slice with Empowered Lab Communications. Welcome, Kristen. Hi, how are you? Good. And it's so exciting to actually have you here in the studio today. I want to ask you, what is a current trend that you see impacting coaches, speakers, and authors today? So I work a lot in the economic development space. So my consulting firm actually works with uh, entrepreneurial ecosystems. And so I would say one of the trends that we're really seeing is there's been, you know, everybody has seen entrepreneurs a buzzword. Uh, we're seeing lots of investment internally into entrepreneurs. So what that's resulting in is lots of resources that are now being developed. So incubators, accelerators, co-working spaces. We're seeing a lot of resource partners now committed to growing entrepreneurs. Now coaches and uh, speakers and authors might see that as competition, but the ones that are really savvy are understanding that those resources are very different from what they do and are figuring out how to really leverage that growing relationship by volunteering, by being part of those communities. Uh, Some of them serve as mentors because there is a difference between a mentor and a coach and understanding those two different roles. And the ones that do that well are really seeing the bottom line benefits to the growth of their business because it really gives them access to a built-in population and allows those organizations to do the networking and the, and the things that they are the, the big marketing pushes that they can then focus their time on really uh, being a coach. Well, and I love that because it's really about getting known. It's about getting more exposure and it's giving back. I think mm-hmm. when 
we build a business, I think one of the things that's really important is to look and say, how can you get back to the community? Mm -hmm. So it's a great way to do that, but also get more exposure for you because it's probably going to get you in front of people that otherwise would not even have known who you were. And the the savvy programs, and there are, you know, uh, great resources out there that get pieces. There are other pieces that are still in their nascent stages and have a lot of development. But what we know is that the established programs value mentors. They value volunteers and really have a lot of systems in place to allow the mentors to network with each other and to kind of have that upstream network. And so it can really do a lot to build a, an individual coach's uh, program unto itself just to be part of that community. Not to mention you're building your long-term pipeline uh, and giving back to that community and building a sense of and defining what an entrepreneur culture is in your own individual backyard. I like that. And you do make great connections with other mentors and other people that are doing the same thing mm -hmm. that, again, you probably wouldn't know otherwise. And you, we can also learn from those experts because they do things probably differently or have other value that they add. So again, I love learning, as mm -hmm. you know. So it's a way to really take what we all do to the next level. Well, and it's the minute you move away from that competition idea to understanding what are you really good at. And an incubator gives you, you know, volunteering in an incubator, working with mentoring programs really gives you a great dialed in understanding of what it is that you do really well because you are surrounded by fellow great minds. And so it really serves as an excellent opportunity for you to be able to develop your niche as well. And it's also a way to see what people are looking for and what people are asking for. Mm -hmm. I think if we look at how we're serving and how can we take what we're doing to the next level, mm -hmm. it really helps us hone our skills, it hones what we're doing and gives us exposure to areas that we might otherwise not have been exposed to. Well, I think the biggest challenge that you know coaches and speakers and authors face today is there's lots of people out there that have that title and having general business you know advice doesn't work anymore because you're one of many many voices that are out there so the more that you can get around other people to really dial into you know what about mindset makes you unique what in the business processes do you really specifically address what are the the ways that you can motivate and encourage people that nobody else can it's going to make you a stronger speaker. It's going to make you a stronger uh, coach and it's really going to make your business flourish. Well, and I've heard a lot of speakers say that they got asked to actually speak because someone met them when mm -hmm. they were doing some volunteer work yeah, and really got yeah. to know who they were and the depth of their content. Mm -hmm. And I get people asking me all the time, how can I get more speaking opportunities? How can I get more people to know what I do? Show up. And you know, it seems simple, yeah, but it's so true. Mm -hmm. You show up, you build relationships, you step into some of those volunteer roles. And you know, most of these organizations are volunteer led. You know, they're run by maybe one or two paid staff members, but for the most part, uh, most organizations are really volunteer led and especially the, the savvier ones. You know, you're seeing lots of universities that are now looking at entrepreneurship programs uh, and they're doing a fabulous job of really leveraging some of those alumni. You know, there's always pros and cons to it. As universities get into it, they're not used to being business 
people yet, so there's definitely some opportunities around working with those programs. But once you do, you really do get the payoff of not only being seen as a leader in the community, but also the connections that you make and, and how it strengthens yourself internally. You know, it's like so many things that we've talked about recently. It's really that mindset mm -hmm. shift um, about thinking that, well, I'm a great speaker. People should just know that I'm a great speaker and they should come to me. Mm -hmm. I should be at the top of the list. But there's so many people out there and you really do have to find a way to differentiate yourself. And mm -hmm. this sounds like a great opportunity to do that. It does. Well, and it gives you the ability to kind of refine some of your messaging and to make sure that it's really applicable. Because when you're in, when you're working with those organizations, most of the time you're going to see those people again. And so it's not going to be something that you go, you do 30 minutes and then hope that it hits somewhere along the way, but you don't really get the follow-up. But the more you're built into those communities, and if you're asking good questions and you're open to feedback, it really can be a powerful feedback loop. And I think it also gives us an opportunity to really practice mm -hmm. what we're doing and to get really concise. Mm -hmm. And also it's a great opportunity to practice your listening skills mm -hmm. and some of those skills that we think we're really good at. But I can tell you, we can all hone in a little bit more in all of those areas. Precisely. And it gives you more resources. I mean, those those uh, organizations are meccas for what is happening. And the more you can keep your finger on the pulse of all of the resources, what's being built out there, the more you can make sure you're adjusting your strategy and positioning yourself in a way that doesn't sound competitive. You know, because when we all say, hey, we're building entrepreneurs, well, yeah, we all can say that. But there's a very big difference between a paid coach who understands and works with entrepreneurs and a mentoring program. You know, and the more you can be able to articulate that and keep your pulse on where things are shifting and how to define yourself, the better you're going to be. So how would someone find out about some of these opportunities that are out there? I know you're really plugged into the community with the with the ecosystem. Yeah. But how would people find out about these opportunities? You know, I would do I would think backwards in terms of if I was a new entrepreneur, Google things. What would you Google? You know, and most of the main organizations are going to be the ones that come up first. Mm -hmm. um, increasingly, we're seeing lots of ecosystems have lists of resources. Uh, the more you can attend networking events, ask your clients where are some of the resources that you're going to, what are some of the things you're looking for. Co-working spaces are a really great place mm -hmm. to start to get plugged into because most of those people uh, will have co-working space, but they will also be involved in multiple organizations. So if you can find a really good co-working network uh, that's there, those are always really good places to start with. I will also say that uh, people underestimate government employees. Mm -hmm. uh, most cities have an economic development uh, portion to them. Uh, if you can find the right person in economic development, just reach out to them, send an email, say, hey, I, I, I want to work with entrepreneurs. I want to volunteer. Where would you recommend? And usually they've got a pretty good pulse on, on what are the organizations that are looking for various pieces. So I would say uh, those are a couple of ways. The other pieces uh, that I might throw out there as well is making sure that you are plugging into organizations that are doing well is going to do nothing but but expand your bandwidth. So watch local publications. When you see new classes start, when you see um, an entrepreneur get funding from, you know, and the, what part of organizations have they been part of? If you can do a little backwards, you know, math on stuff, mm -hmm. you'll be really surprised. You can plug into some really powerful networks that way. Mm -hmm. 
You know, and I'd also say, and that's all a great advice, mm -hmm. when you go to an event, mm -hmm. show up fully. Mm -hmm. um, it's interesting, I was talking to someone a couple months ago, and she went to an event that was supposed to have hundreds of people at it, and mm -hmm. it only ended up having like 45 people at it. Yeah. And she said, okay, well, I'm just going to make the best of it. And she walked away with three interviews and multiple speaking opportunities. Mm -hmm. I talked to someone else who was at the same event. And she said it was worthless. Nobody showed up. And it was all because one chose to be fully present because mm -hmm. she was there. Yeah. The other one chose to say it's of no value. Yeah. And they were both, I know both of them well, mm -hmm. and they were both of equal quality, but it's how they showed up. Mm -hmm. And I see that in our group, in all of the different organizations, you can be fully present or you can feel like, well, nobody's you know going to take care of me. You know, what do you, what do you think? Well, most of these organizations, especially when you talk about entrepreneurial resources, they all have events, mm -hmm. you know, and the reality is some are hit, some are miss and, but they will note when you show up, you know, and, and there's, there's sometimes an out, you know, it's advantageous. If there's only 20 people in the room that gives you an opportunity to be that one person that, that you can go up and, and start to build those relationships and really get a hone in on are these people in the room who you want to be, you know, because not all resources are created the same. And so it gives you the opportunity to listen. It gives you an opportunity to stand out. And so you're absolutely right. It's a mindset. You know, whatever event shows up at, you know, whatever you think is going to show up at an event is usually what shows up. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think it is all about mindset. Mm -hmm. um, so I appreciate you sharing so much today. Can Not you tell us how our listeners can get in touch with you and learn more about you? Absolutely. So you can visit our website, empowered-lab.com. Uh, check us out online. You can also, we have our own podcast, The Elements Podcast, where we talk about challenges to female entrepreneurship and the growth of female entrepreneurship and ecosystem building. So make sure to check us out on iTunes as well. And if they'd like, they can can always send me an email, Kristen, K-R-I-S-T-I-N, at empowered-lab.com. Well, thank you very much for your time today, Kristen. Thank you very much, and thank you to everyone who's listening. We need to take a quick break, but stay tuned. When we return, it's our success interview. You don't want to miss it. This is Janelle McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. Are you a coach, speaker, or author who would like to finally earn what you know you're worth? Would you like to create a life that gives you more time to do the things that you love? Entrepreneurs like you hire us to turn their knowledge into a full range of scalable products that earn more, make a bigger impact in the world, and create the freedom to live the life others only dream about. With our done-for-you approach, we do all the heavy lifting, creating the right products for you, your clients, and your business. The potential is limitless. If you want to leverage your time so you can earn more while working less, visit us today at TurnKnowledgeToProfit.com and find out just how far your knowledge can take you. I'm looking for a certain kind of woman, and I think you know her. She's an entrepreneur that is highly connected, successful, significant in her own industry, and considered the go-to woman in her community. She's received so much from so many women in business, she's ready to give back to others on their journey, lifting as she climbs. Hi, this is Sandra Yancey, and I'm the founder and CEO of eWomen Network. I'm looking to connect with the woman I've just described who lives in your community so that we might have a conversation about how eWomen Network's proven success system can provide her a platform to elevate her success 
and ability to support women in business. Our international community of managing directors are influencing the speed of success for women in business around the world. If that sounds like something that you want to be part of or know someone we should talk with, send an email to managingdirector at eWomenNetwork.com. That's managingdirector at eWomenNetwork.com. And let's start the conversation. You're listening to Janelle McCauley on the EWN Radio Network. Welcome back. You're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit, and I'm your host, Janelle McCauley. Today's success interview is with inspirational speaker and trainer and the founder of Confidence Concepts, Becky Spohn. Welcome, Becky. Hi, welcome. Thank you, Janelle. I'm excited about our conversation today, and I love what you do in business and what you offer to people. I'd love to start our conversation by having you just tell us a little bit about your business, how you started it, and how it's evolved. Thank you. Uh, My business started about two years ago, and it really started out of necessity. I would be at luncheons or networking events, conferences, things, and people were always asking me for my advice. Is this your fork or mine? Is that my glass? Is that, do we pass to the right or the left? They were always asking for business etiquette advice. Does this suit look okay on me? Is this a good color? Do you think I should wear this or this? And people would ask me, how do I have your confidence? How do you always show up so positive and so happy? And I realized that I had overcome a lot and I knew a lot that I needed to share with other people. Mm. I I think those are some um, great questions. And I love the fact that um, you've really taken building your business and really have branded yourself because when people see you, they know exactly who you are. You look very professional, yet very um, approachable. And I think that's not an easy concept and, and to get. Exactly. So thank you. I appreciate you, you acknowledging that. I, I, I truly do. And that's what I want to help other people do, whether they're entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, or in corporate America, we all need to learn how to stand out as our best self, how to show up who we are authentically and let people know um, who we are. We all like to do business with people that are approachable, that are successful, that we know, like, and trust, and that's what I want to do is help people build that so people do go to them, that people do know them. Uh, so when they see them. How do you start to have a conversation with someone um, to ha- for them to be able to see the value of having that all put together? Because I think oftentimes people think that it's just a matter of having an idea and then selling what they're doing. But I think people do look at a business owner and say, do they really look like it's the whole package? Do they really look like they've been in business, like they know what they're doing? And I think it all really does help bring it together. Mm-hmm. Yes, it does. And sometimes those questions are started, people come to me and ask me. Or sometimes just through conversation. You know, if, if a business owner that I'm talking to says, 
you know, I'm just not getting the business. People aren't calling me back. Or you know, maybe we're at a networking event and they're like, how can people always talk to you but they don't talk to me? It's like, well, let's take a look. How are you mm -hmm. showing up? Do you smile when people come in? How are you? What's your presence? Mm -hmm. Are you telling people that you're approachable? What's your body language? All of those things matter. And unfortunately, I think where a lot of businesses fail is they are brilliant. They have great, great information, but they're not approachable. People don't know how to approach them, how to get with them. And that can kill their business because they're just not getting themselves out there. That's so true. Can you tell us a little bit about how your business has evolved? Um, because I know when you, when you first started, you were looking for paid speaking opportunities, and I know that you've been kind of going through an evolution. So can you talk a little bit about that? Yes, um, how my business has evolved. When I first started, um, it really started as a hobby and then kind of as a part-time thing as uh, I would do lunch and learn, women's groups, associations, helping friends, things. And then as it grew and grew, and as luck would have it, and I truly mean luck would have it, I was downsized from my full-time job and thought, okay, I don't want to go back into corporate America. I want to start my own business. So I really took that love and passion and part-time and turned it into a full-time business. You know, I think that happens to a lot of people, too. They're doing something kind of on the side because they just love doing it, and then all of a sudden something happens in life where they have to make a decision. Do they go back and find another full-time opportunity, or do they take that passion and turn it into something more? Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, you know, I can't speak for anybody else, but I always tell go for it. You know, we have one, we have one life. Live it to the fullest. And uh, you've got to know your threshold, your personal threshold. But then I also say, you know, let go of the leash a little bit. Let yourself explore and really see what's out there for you. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. Yeah. Interesting. Well, I know you've got a great article on your blog, What Would You Do If You Were Not Afraid? Can you mm -hmm. tell us a little bit about that? What kind of inspired you to, to write that? Oh, thank you. I'm so excited you read that. I love it. Um, that was the question that I had actually originally heard when I was 18 years old. You know, what would you do if you weren't afraid? And that really, honestly, that haunted me for over 20 years. I thought, I don't know what I would do if I wasn't afraid. I'm afraid. I don't, I don't understand what you mean if I wasn't afraid. Mm -hmm. And then I heard it again a few years ago, actually, ironically, through my corporate company that I was working for, and one of the VPs had said that. What would you do if you weren't afraid? And I thought, you know what? What would I do if I was afraid? Because I am afraid that I would live my entire life and never know the financial freedom that I wanted, that I would never know what really truly makes my heart sing, which is helping others and seeing others succeed. I mean, that's something that I just love. I love speaking to an audience and you see people's eyes light up and you're like, oh, they get it. Mm -hmm. you, that changing someone's life. And that's what I was afraid of. More than stepping out of my comfort zone, I was afraid that I would never know that passion and the love 
the love that I had. And, and with that, I, I literally, I sold my house, I packed up my life, and I moved 2,000 miles across the country to be where I wanted to be in a state that I loved so I could build my business and start my life over. Wow. I mean, that, you know, not a lot of people would take that kind of risk, but you get to a point, I think, in stage in life where if not now, when, and, you know, it gets to the point where those opportunities are fewer and farther between. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, then getting yourself attached to a group that can support you, making sure you've got all those resources available to you. That's the thing I love about eWomen Network so much is, you know, having people that have the same values, philosophy, really like-minded to make sure that you've got that support because you can't do it alone. Exactly. And I'm very grateful to eWomen of Phoenix I moved here in September. I joined in November, and I can honestly say that I think 99.9% of the friends, business connections, everything I have, I have gotten from eWomen Network because the women there are just so amazing and truly have that what I call the go-give spirit. Let's give it to you. You'll give it to me. Let's share that. Lift as we climb. You know, that, that beautiful... Um, a philosophy that truly I don't think I would be as far as I am had it not been for women. Mm-hmm. Well, I love hearing that. And I think it's important for whatever group, I mean, we love eWomen Network, but I mean, for whatever group it is that you get connected to a group of support, because I know there's days I've had them, I know you've had them, we all do, where it's like, okay, I just can't do this one more second. And Mm -hmm. that's the time that somebody really shows up that is exactly who you need, what you need, that, you know, little push so you know that, okay, I know it's going to be okay. I don't know how, but I know it's going to be okay. And I know I'm not alone. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, I'm also in other professional organizations, um, the National Speakers Association, because I have been speaking for almost 30 years. Um, for other companies before I started speaking for myself. And, again, that's a great network of people. So you're right. And sometimes it's diversifying. Don't Mm -hmm. put all your eggs in one basket. Look for a couple of different groups that can feed different parts of your life that can really nurture and help you. And and be it a, a church or synagogue or whatever religious organization as well can help lift and build you. Absolutely. I because it's I love that because it's you know, it takes multiple areas and ways to support you. So I absolutely love that. We need to take a real quick break and when we come back, I want to talk about how you've expanded your business using products and what you've got planned next. This is Janelle McCauley and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. Are you a coach, speaker, or author who would like to finally earn what you know you're worth? Would you like to create a life that gives you more time to do the things that you love? Entrepreneurs like you hire us to turn their knowledge into a full range of scalable products that earn more, make a bigger impact in the world, and create the freedom to live the life others only dream about. With our done-for-you approach, we do all the heavy lifting 
creating the right products for you, your clients, and your business. The potential is limitless. If you want to leverage your time so you can earn more while working less, visit us today at TurnKnowledgeToProfit.com and find out just how far your knowledge can take you. I'm looking for a certain kind of woman, and I think you know her. She's an entrepreneur that is highly connected, successful, significant in her own industry, and considered the go-to woman in her community. She's received so much from so many women in business, she's ready to give back to others on their journey, lifting as she climbs. Hi, this is Sandra Yancey, and I'm the founder and CEO of eWomen Network. I'm looking to connect with the woman I've just described who lives in your community so that we might have a conversation about how eWomen Network's proven success system can provide her a platform to elevate her success and ability to support women in business. Our international community of managing directors are influencing the speed of success for women in business around the world. If that sounds like something that you want to be part of or know someone we should talk with, send an email to managingdirector at eWomenNetwork.com. That's managingdirector at eWomenNetwork.com. And let's start the conversation. This is the EWN Radio Network. Welcome back. You're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit, and I'm your host, Janelle McCauley. Today in our success interview, we've been talking with Becky Spohn of Confidence Concepts. And before the break, we were talking about really having your community to support you. And I really highly encourage you to check out her blog, What Would You Do If You Were Not Afraid? And I'd love to actually after people read that, post it on our Turn Knowledge to Profit Facebook page, and let's support each other as we all take those actions and know we're not alone. I'd love to ask you, Becky, as we continue this conversation, what are you doing to expand and grow your business? So when you're speaking from the stage or from the front of the room and you're not getting paid, you want to be able to have something to sell or offer to people so that they can get to know you and work with you. So how have you expanded your business with products or services? Great question. Thank you for asking. Um, lead magnets, or what I, I have termed, or I've heard the term freemium. It's a free premium that you can offer people. So when I am speaking, I can say, you know, look, if you would like more in depth on this particular, like currently my premium, I have the top 10 credibility killers, things that people unwillingly or unknowingly do that kill their credibility. So I can offer those, those freemiums. And the thing about those lead magnets or freemiums is they need to be quick, easy to digest. They're, they're tips. They're quick solutions. I think a lot of um, entrepreneurs try to give away so much, and they'll say, you know, sign up for my weekly this, or my monthly, or the year this, or the six-month this, and sometimes that's just too much for people. They don't know, like, or trust you yet, mm-hmm. and that's just too much to give them. So if you give them those quick, easy, digested, you know, quick tips, quick solutions, they're like, hey, I like this, then they'll want to come back for more. So how did you 
decide that that was going to be one of the things that you were going to do? Were people asking you questions or how did you, because people say, well, what do I give away? How do I figure it out? So how did you come up with that? I, exactly. That was things that people were asking me. They're kind of like the top 10 things that I either see from um, when I've worked with corporations that their C-suite employees would say, oh my gosh, can you please help my staff? They have no, they have no dining etiquette. You know, they, it's estimated that 68%, close to 70% of all business is conducted through dining. Wow. And people, yeah, isn't that amazing? And, and people have lost the art of good etiquette, good dining skills. And so that's one of my top 10 credibility killers. Or I've heard and talked to HR um, consultants and, and people across the country that say, people just don't know how to dress for business anymore. People show up to work in, in um, yoga pants. And, and it's like, what? They're like, yeah, I can't, I can't promote this person because they don't know how to carry themselves. They, they, they speak in slang or they cuss all the time or different things like that. So it's kind of like all of those things that I've heard over the last almost 30 years that I've been in business, I put into one document of the top 10 credibility killers, the things that people do that just, yeah. So if someone's looking for their freemium or their lead magnet, that's what I would say. What are the questions, what are the things that people always bring to your attention? What are the questions people always ask you? That's a great place to start. Hmm. And I have, to, I have to ask you, so I'm, I'm probably putting you on the spot, but I, I just, as you're talking about those kind of credibility busters and, and the things that people do, what advice do you give to people with social media? Because, I mean, as, as being from a different generation than a lot of people that I'm around, uh, being a little bit older, um, you know, there's a lot of things out on social media, and I cringe because it's, those aren't professional. And I know as someone who hires managing directors and does hiring, I'm looking at those things to make a determination on do I move forward or not. That's true, and a lot of companies do. And you have to think, if a lot of companies, corporations do, you know, some of the listeners might be thinking, well, I'm an entrepreneur, so that doesn't apply to me. Really? Who are your clients? Mm -hmm. Where are your clients coming from? And that's actually a good way, it's a good lead magnet, is building a presence in social media. But along with that, you have to watch. You know, I even caution people, do not show yourself holding a glass of wine. I don't care if it's a 4th of July picnic. Put the bottle of beer down before you take the picture <laughs> because that picture is out there for a lifetime and you never know who your next client is, mm-hmm. who the next person is because people are watching. You know, whether we like to admit it or not, Big Brother is watching. We all see everything anymore. There are cameras everywhere. And the things that we put on social media and you know, I have political views, but I'm never going to put them on social media mm-hmm. because I, that's my, my clients don't need to know that. I don't need to put that in my client's face. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? No, yeah, absolutely. So. And I think those are some great um, tips because people do look at that and they mm-hmm. do use it. And even though you're not maybe not applying in a corporation, that can influence 
who wants to work with you because yeah. they want to see some level of professionalism if they're looking for professional results. Exactly, exactly. If your if your business is all about um, Sorry, the only one I can think of is my own. If your business is about building confidence, but mm. everything I post on social media is about doom and gloom, well, who wants to do business with that? Right. You know, that's if if you're not congruent with your brand, with who you are, people aren't going to want to do business with you. So you've really got to watch that social media because it really can make or break you. Absolutely. And I think people confuse the the personal and the business, but when it's out there like that and people can search your name, mm-hmm. there there is no um no line. I mean, it's it's all one. You can't say, "Well, it was just my fun thing." Yeah. You can't do that. It's it's all out there, so. Yes, there's definitely people that like you said, you look when you're hiring. Other mm-hmm. companies do too. And there are people who have lost jobs for that, just as people have lost jobs because they have bad credit. Mm-hmm. You can't work in a bank if you've got bad credit. You know? So right. it, it's that same type of mentality. It's like we have to walk our walk. You have to be who you are, congruent through your personal life, your business. Everything has to be congruent. Absolutely. So what's next for you in business as far as um, developing new products or what are you working on? Because I know in business, you know, it's important to be thinking about what's next. Mm-hmm. Yes, and honestly, I always am. I, I just developed the, the top ten credibility killers, and now I'm working on the top 10 confidence builders or the top, I haven't decided, top 12, top 8, so don't quote me on that. Mm -hmm. Um, But those confidence builders, what are the things that really make a difference? So it's always looking for and listening to my customers and listening to the market. What do people want to know? What do people want to hear? And developing that. I'm working on um, developing a new speech. So I'll have two different speeches that I can deliver, two different talks. So when people want me, it's like, okay, what do we want to talk about? Do we want to talk about more about etiquette or do we want to talk more about like the imposter syndrome and people who've made it but don't feel like they have and things like that. So always looking and developing yourself, your product, um, and knowing what the market wants, you know, designing my next one-on-one coaching program or group program. What is it that people that people want and need? Well, I think you're right. It's important to have your next products in the pipeline. And I think with, with speeches and with talking, and I know as someone who, as a past managing director, always looking for people to give talks, it's really important that you have a couple variations so that you can tweak it a little bit so you can really provide what the audience needs. And I am always amazed when I ask people, um, you know, are they available to talk or at a last minute that people sometimes have an opportunity to step in. And I'm amazed at how sometimes people just aren't ready and you just, it's, you don't want to miss any of those opportunities if it's really in alignment with what you want to do. Exactly. Exactly. Always be ready. And, you know, to that same point, I always, I've always heard and I truly believe we don't have to be all things to all people. 
Mm-hmm. Like, I niche yourself. I mean, so my niche really is on building confidence and how do we do that? What are the different areas that we do that? So honestly, I've had people call me and say, you know, our our money manager that we were supposed to have today just called and canceled. Can you speak speak about money management? I'm like, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that's not my avenue, but let me find somebody for you. I'll gladly help you and find somebody who can speak on that for you. Mm-hmm. However, these are my topics. If you want my topics, I'll be glad to step in. So it's, yes, developing that, but also knowing who you are, knowing what your market is. Now, I could have gone and spoke about money, but that would have done nothing for me, and it would have killed my credibility. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think that's really important to feel um, confident to be able to say, that's not me, you know. And you know, a coach once told me, you know, be ready if Oprah calls. And I think it's important to know what you can do, what you are best at, and really stick to that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and I've had, I, I've had people say, you know, well, I'm not ready now, but I can do it, you know, next week, next month, whenever. And sometimes opportunities don't always show up. So I think being ready absolutely is, is key. So how can our listeners learn more about you and your business and connect with you? They can log on to my website, confidenceconcepts, with an S, dot com. And on there, they can sign up to receive my top 10 credibility killers and also read the uh, blog that you were talking about, that what would you do if you were not afraid. Well, thank you. That's uh, great. And I want people, when they read the, the blog, what would they you know, do if they weren't afraid to post on our Turn Knowledge to Profit Facebook page and share that. It. And we'll put I a link it. on that also so people can get a hold of you with an today's episode. So as we wind up our time together, what's one piece of advice that you would give to entrepreneurs to help them scale and grow their business? I would say really increase your visibility and your reach. You've got to open your mouth. Let people know what you have to offer. Again, there's so many people that have wonderful things, but it dies on the vine because they never talk about it. So you've got to show up, be your best self, and show up and have a presence. I love that. And it really is about showing up. Um, And you can't Mm -hmm. just show up one time and think that everything is going to all come together. It really is showing up and being fully present. So thank you so much for your time today, Becky. It's been wonderful. Thank you, Janelle. I appreciate it. We need to take another quick break, and when we return, it's our business builder, so stay tuned. This is Janelle McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. I'm looking for a certain kind of woman, and I think you know her. She's an entrepreneur that is highly connected, successful, significant in her own industry, and considered the go-to woman in her community. She's received so much from so many women in business, she's ready to give back to others on their journey, lifting as she climbs. Hi, this is Sandra Yancey, and I'm the founder and CEO of eWomen Network. I'm looking to connect with the woman I've just described who lives in your community so that we might have a conversation about how eWomen Network's proven success system can provide her a platform to elevate her success and ability to support women in business. 
our international community of managing directors are influencing the speed of success for women in business around the world. If that sounds like something that you want to be part of or know someone we should talk with, send an email to managingdirector at eWomenNetwork.com. That's managingdirector at eWomenNetwork.com. And let's start the conversation. Are you a coach, speaker, or author who would like to finally earn what you know you're worth? Would you like to create a life that gives you more time to do the things that you love? Entrepreneurs like you hire us to turn their knowledge into a full range of scalable products that earn more, make a bigger impact in the world, and create the freedom to live the life others only dream about. With our done-for-you approach, we do all the heavy lifting, creating the right products for you, your clients, and your business. The potential is limitless. If you want to leverage your time so you can earn more while working less, visit us today at TurnKnowledgeToProfit.com and find out just how far your knowledge can take you. You're listening to Janelle McCauley on the EWN Radio Network. Welcome back. This is Michael McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. As always, I'm here with Janelle, and in our Business Builder segment, we're going to talk about creating a killer stage intro. And I know this is a conversation we recently had. And why do you think this is so important? Well, you know, there's that famous quote that you never have a second chance to make a first impression. And you have to think of your stage intro as your first impression. Even though you're not talking, it's someone else talking for you. It's still the first impression the audience has of you. And it really sets the context for what they're going to think about you, how they're going to perceive your presentation, and whether they really are going to engage with you. Well, it's interesting because you and I have seen recently a couple speakers have come in with their own 90-second video introduction versus running the risk of having someone else introduce them. So what would you suggest that a good stage introduction include? Well, first, you really you want it to create interest in your talk. So it seems a little bit counterintuitive. They're introducing you, but you want it to create some interest. So if you have a great title, they talk a little bit about that. And then second, it want, you want it to establish your credibility with the audience. So, you know, you want to make sure that they know you're credible, that when you take the stage, they want to listen to you because you really do know what you're talking about. You've lived it, you've done it. You know, you're somebody that really needs to be listened to and really, um, really absorbed. No, no, I agree. And, you know, one of the challenges people have when you're getting someone to introduce you is who should do it? Sometimes it's the event organizer and at an event I was recently at, people were going back and forth because I saw the background should I introduce them? Should you introduce them? Should someone else introduce them? And you really want it to be someone who's comfortable from the front of the room. You want it to be someone who can read well. And one of the challenges that people have is when someone knows you too well, they tend to improvise. So if you want them to read it as you've written it, you need to make sure that you ask them and have that conversation about how you should be introduced. 
Yeah, absolutely. And this is a, a common mistake that a lot of speakers make. I mean, and, and I know in the four or five years that you um, were the, the managing director of the Phoenix eWomen Network chapter, you had a speaker every month and, and you got the whole gamut. You got everything from speakers who just showed up with no introduction whatsoever and you had to make it up on the fly all the way up to, as you said earlier, speakers that sent you a 30 second, 60 second, 90 second, whatever it was, video introduction. Um, so, and everything in between. And so the best advice I have for speakers is to take control of your introduction. Don't let someone else control how you're gonna be introduced to the audience. And again, that's a common mistake that a lot of speakers make. It's not enough just to provide a bio to the event organizer and let them figure out what's important in that bio. Uh, I know you've gotten a bunch of those where the person thought they were being helpful. They sent you a, a one page, single spaced, right. you know, 10 point type bio and they thought that was it. And you have to go, sort of go through and pick out what you think is important because you can't stand there and read a whole you know, bio, it'll take too long and it'll bore the audience. So really what, what I would propose is that each speaker create a 30 to 45 second introduction and that it fits on one page, double spaced at 12 to 14 point type. So why do you do that? Well, you want to have something to hand to the MC or to the event organizer to say, here's my intro, just read it. I mean, obviously you wouldn't be quite that abrupt, but I mean, basically you want to hand them something. And, and let me, having been on the other side of it, let me tell you that they will be thrilled that you do that because they don't want to create your bio or create your intro any more than you want them to create it. It's just, they've got a million things going on with an event that they're trying to coordinate. And, you know, unfortunately creating your introduction is not going to be at the top of their list. So the more you can help them out, the better off they're gonna be and the better off you're gonna be. Um, so and another little trick is, and, and we kind of laughed about this uh, a little bit ago when you did a presentation, is I gave you two copies of your intro. And you said, well, why do I need two copies? Again, this is from experience that when you get to the event, you're gonna give a copy of your introduction to the MC or the host or the event coordinator, whoever it is. And they're going to look at it and they're going to go, oh, this is great. Thank you very much. And then it's going to be five minutes before you're ready to be introduced. And they're going to be potentially looking through all their notes and saying, where did I put that intro? I don't have it. I, I had it here a minute ago. I, I don't know where it is. And then you're going to be able to step up and go, don't worry about it. Here's another copy. And they're going to be thrilled that you give them a nice, clean copy that they can read from when they do the introduction. They don't even have to think about it. And so, so really, if you can provide that one page, well thought out, well structured introduction for them to simply read, they will be thrilled and you will be in a much better place as a speaker. Well, it's funny you say that about two copies and this isn't about an intro, but at the event I was just at, the person who was leading it had all of her notes up on the podium and she had her closing remarks and she went to close out the conference and guess what? The paper was gone and she had it memorized it, which you usually don't. I mean, it was a very, it was a poem. It was very, very beautiful and very thought provoking. Um, 
Fortunately, someone said, I have another copy. So they had multiple yeah. copies. <laughs> so if it's really important, make sure that you're not on your own. And again, we're not talking about other parts of the presentation, but I'm gonna throw this in too. I also had a copy of my slides and I'm glad I did because the way it was set up, I could not see what was being shown and someone else was moving the slides. So I had to have something there that I could see and know exactly where I was and exactly where my transitions were. So being prepared is absolutely key. So what are some specific things that you think a speaker should include in their intro? Well, first you want to make sure that the audience knows that you really are an expert in whatever field you're talking about and that you've been ex you have experience in that area so that they can start to form a connection with you they want to know that if it's the sales or if it's marketing or if it's um, success or if you know whatever it is networking confidence building whatever you're talking about they want to know that you've actually done something in that field you've you've experienced it you've you've gotten awards for it you are really an expert and they really should listen um, the second thing is they you they really want some way to engage with you on a personal level and so i know in other business builders we've talked about the idea of attracting your ideal client and in some ways repelling those people who are not your ideal client well this is the same thing you want to create a feeling of attraction with those people in the audience that are predisposed to be attracted to you and for those people that it doesn't fit that that's okay too let you know that's fine but you want to provide a story i know when we, we do your introduction we always have a little bit about the businesses you founded the organizations you've been with um, some of the awards that you've gotten etc so the people can start to feel like oh well this could be me or or that's interesting i've thought about that organization or i founded a business myself or i've been in that same situation before or you know they they want those kinds of feelings about you as a presenter so that you can engage them I think it is so important and I know another thing that you do which is really important is having bios and introductions at different lengths. Can you just just real quickly share the standard lengths that you like to see and I know as a radio show host when we're asking for people about their information we're asking for those bios so if you have them written you can just pull, pull plug and play rather than having to recreate every time. Yeah, absolutely. So what we did was for each of us, we created multiple bios. So one I think is 50 words, one is 100 words, and one is 250 words because different events, different organizing groups, they ask for different kinds of bios. They want to put it in a program or they want to do something else with it. So what I do, the easiest way to do it is I write the 250 word one first and then I just cut out some things to get down to 100 and then I cut some more things to get down to 50. So now you have three nice lengths of bio. And so again, I would not provide that as your introduction. That's a little different, but you certainly can create the introduction from that bio. You wanna pull out some of the things that are most important and organize them into a way that they can be presented in 30, 60 seconds at the most. 
Um, the other piece of, of advice that I would give to folks uh, in terms of their intro is also think about that first slide that you have in your presentation because it's likely that while the MC or whoever it is is reading your introduction, that slide is going to be up on the screen. And that's really expensive real estate. You don't want to waste it on um, a nice picture of you and your name or the name of the presentation because everybody already knows what the presentation is about. You want to have some really engaging, really interesting slide that captures people's attention while your intro is being read. I'm, I'm a big proponent of always putting a quote uh, on that slide so that people are starting to read your slides and listening to your introduction at the same time. They're starting to get the feeling that this is going to be content rich. This is going to be interesting. I got to sit on the edge of my seat and really pay attention. And I know you use quotes all the time. And I know recently we shared on our Turn Knowledge to Profit Facebook page some links to some quotes. So I invite everyone to go to Turn Knowledge to Profit on Facebook and check that out. And also you share some great tips and information today. So share what you loved about today's conversation on Turn Knowledge to Profit. And let's continue the conversation. You know, this has really been a great conversation. I want to thank all of you for joining us today on Turn Knowledge to Profit. Again, I want to remind you to visit our Turn Knowledge to Profit page on Facebook and share your questions, your insights, and your ahas. And also share one action you're going to take in the next week to turn your knowledge into profit. If you have an idea for our future show, be sure to email me at michael at tk2p.com. That's michael at tk2p.com. Have a wonderful and profitable week. Turn knowledge to profit, where entrepreneurs like you find the insights, experience, and tools they need to earn more, make a bigger impact in the world, and create the freedom to live a life others only dream about. Join us each Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the EWN Radio Network. To download this week's show, listen to past shows, or learn how to be a guest on the show, visit TurnKnowledgeToProfit.com. Past shows are also available at EWNRadioNetwork.com and through iTunes and Stitcher. Until next time, remember, great companies are built around great products. Leverage your knowledge to live the life of your dreams. Let's continue the conversation and turn your knowledge into profits.